fear the talking queers. Hey, all you idiot witches. Hey, witch. It's Jake. And Frankie. And we are Fear the Talking Queers. I feel like we have not done that in so long. We haven't. We haven't introduced our... Yeah. Do you even remember who we are anymore out there? Freddie and Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney and Julie. (laughs) Look at your shirt. You're wearing... Your shirt today is very appropriate. Well, because you wore your Buffy shirt when we did Buffy, and I was like, you know what? I have a craft shirt, so why not wear that? Oh my gosh, like you made it in crafts? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) This is a high quality tea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, where'd you get it from? I got it from Cavity Colors. Who I love. I love Uh, fried rags and cavity colors. Oh, me too. I love their shirts. I don't have many of them. In fact, I don't don't have any of them, to be honest. But I love looking at their stuff and saying, um, one day I'm going to buy that one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. And you know what I do? I just do it. And now I'm broke. I mean, there you go. But it's a really cute shirt. It says craft and big, like, white bubble letters with, like, sort of creepy dripping on it. Yeah, it's sort of like Tales from the Crypt fashion comic book. But yes. with, the, with the craft, it says, featuring weirdos, curses, and revenge. Even Laura Lizzie's even on it, bald as hell on the bottom. <laughs> Not Laura Lizzie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, to be honest, Feruza Balk on there looks like um, Edward Scissorhands. Oh my god, no, she looks like me in the mornings. <laughs> oh, that's how I look. Uh, you wake up with black lipstick on? Yeah. So I, you know, I actually bought this shirt because it was only on sale for 72 hours. So oh, it was wow. like a buy or die thing that they do. And I was like, I, well, I have oh to God, have not this. Die. <laughs> Where else am I going to get a craft t-shirt? Wow, not Redbubble, yeah. girl. That's true. Well, it looks real cute. And um, that I, I have a you. feeling that means you're going to know a lot of what you're talking about today. Yeah, you know, I am kind of into spirituality and that kind of stuff. I know bitch normally craft. I yeah exactly bitchcraft. <laughs> I know normally I seem like I'm flighty and unresponsible, irresponsible. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> yeah. But I actually, you know, try to ground myself. Okay, oh. and I do a lot of things that you know I've read about, and you know. Oh my gosh! So you're like in this story, you're Sarah. You're the grounded one. Yeah, I'm like a natural witch. Mm, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah. what do you got? So so have you been like learning about witchy kind of things this week? Oh, what is that? <laughs> this is my Palo Santo. Oh, it's you, like is it's, like to cleanse a, the spirits. It's a stick of Palo Santo. You know? Okay. I I'll thought tell that you was a why joint. I started getting into like <laughs> spirituality. No, it's not. It's a Palo Santo. Okay, look. Like, stop flaunting your blunt in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Let me light it. <laughs> no, you know, okay, so I started getting into uh, this kind of stuff and actually found the three things that are sitting in front of me on my dresser right now because I used to suffer from night terrors. Oh, like, no. Beyond. Like, at one point, I was convulsing in my sleep one time i woke up and i pushed andre away from me because i thought i saw the devil one one time i I do that to joey all the time maybe i have maybe i have night terrors yeah maybe you do but i know that but i do it on purpose one time i woke up praying and crying because i thought i was suffocating in my sleep (gasps) 
literally like have you ever seen that documentary the nightmare is that about sleep paralysis yes that's it's real stupid but yes i have seen that one okay well i was literally (laughs) suffering from that (laughs) from like from like (laughs) probably like around 17 i think is when it started happening so it started again more recently so i started with palo santo kind of like you know just burning it and going around my sleeping space like trying to get the vibe going you know kill the bacteria and the evil spirits and then i got this selenite stick what it's a selenite stick this is kind of like a wand version of it oh shit and so i kind of just do this i saw this lady on youtube and she was like this is how you use it (laughs) you pretend that you tease your hair (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah you wave it above your head to kind of get rid of mental blocks and then oh. you and then you scan down towards the floor and wipe the energy off of you that you've acquired throughout the day from evil people. Oh my god, does it work? Like has any of this shown any like signs of having worked? Oh no, as soon as I started doing it, I, I haven't had a night terror since. Wow. Because I get a lot of anxiety at night. Like when Andre falls asleep before me, I lose my shit. Like, I sit there, and I'm, like, sweating, and I'm, like, <gasps> like, I start to, like, panic when he falls asleep before me. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just stare at you. <laughs> so, what do you think about that? <laughs> wow. So, wow, maybe uh, you need to do more Palo Santo. Yeah. Well, you know, I also, like, burn resin, myrrh. I have, like, little mm-hmm. myrrh resin. I burn that. I walk around oh, the shit. house. Cleanse my space. Uh, not sage so much, because the time that I have burned sage, it's, I've broken out all over my forehead. I don't know if it's cleansing the evil spirits from within me or what, but I don't know. But the two times that I've burned it in the house, I've gotten, I've broken out all over my face. You know, I was also going to say Andre, he wears crystals when he does massage. He's a massage therapist. My husband, Andre, he's a massage therapist. This, you know, he -hmm. wears crystals. He wears a clear quartz one, which has healing properties. And then he wears a jade, he wears a jade one also that's supposed to like block the transfer of energy from the client to him. Wow. And he really thinks it works because when he doesn't wear it, he says that he feels vulnerable. Whoa, weird. Mm -hmm. I had a friend, I have a friend from Holland and she's really into crystals and um, she, she lays them under like her pillow and she has like several different ones that she uses for, I guess, different things, but she has them in her bed with her when she goes to sleep. And she said that one time, hopefully she doesn't kill me if she listens to this, but Uh but she said one time she had brought a guy back to her room and, you know, they were starting to get busy on the bed. And then the guy stopped and was like, uh, why do you have a bunch of rocks in your bed? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, uh, oh, yeah, she had forgotten, like, to, like, remove them or something. But they yeah. were, like, rolling around on a bunch of rocks. And he was like, ow, what the fuck? I thought, I thought you were going to say hilarious. they worked for, as protection against her and made him sick and, to, and left. Well, yeah. It, <laughs> she, she actually used it as um, protection from a baby. So it's like birth control. <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, I have, like, little medals, like, little Catholic medals. I mean, I do just everything. Like That was I a joke, not... by the way. I don't think she really uses it oh, for that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, yeah. Like, I'm totally into it. No, I mean, look, I use all these things from all these different cultures. and things. You know, I'm probably being really inappropriate, but <laughs> I really <laughs> feel works. like it works. I really do. And I have, like, little medals that are, like, from Catholic religion and I put them like in the corners of the house and like we have this little thing under the couch that has like garlic and all this stuff in it that kind of like protection 
it I love works. that. Whatever it works. works for you. If that if that helps you, uh, you know, ground yourself and lose your anxiety and just live a happier life, then I say go for it. Yeah, my house is a safe space. Well, you know, even I feel like even, like the simplest things that we don't realize come from like paganistic rituals of the past, like carving jack o' lanterns. Um, Blowing oh, yeah. out, wishing upon birthday candles and blowing them out, or you know, wishing on yeah. stars and this and that. Oh yeah, it's all. It, they all probably have some sort of origin and some sacred, I don't know, ritual that we've just appropriated over the years. Well, you know, my um, stepsister, she started like teeter tottering with Wicca and like witchcraft type stuff. Mm-hmm. And she said it's all about balancing like light and dark energy, which we find in the movie we're going to be talking about. It doesn't always mm. work. And um, so she does like tarot cards and she uses this Florida water to like cleanse herself before she reads. And she does this whole ritual before she starts reading them. And every time she's read my tarot cards, they've been extremely accurate. Not accurate, like horoscope accurate. We're like, that's totally me. But like, uh, <laughs> but like, excuse me, I'm an asparagus. <laughs> 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 like accurate like in the way that like they fall into place and like what you're asking and what it means you know it's like I'm like whoa it actually really helped me through a dark time recently whoa tarot wait okay so what do you know about tarot because I don't I know what it is as far as like I've seen the cards and they somebody seems to know how to predict things about you like do you what do you know about it oh god I know that it requires a lot of research to start reading them in the first place that you have to learn a lot like they like she said like light and dark balancing you know because you don't want to like call on the wrong spirits to guide you through the reading because then you oh, might shit. have trickery or foolery or Tom <laughs> Tom foolery Rickle Morris <laughs> Rigor Morris. Rigor Morris. <laughs> Rigor Morris, girl. It was Rigor Morris, girl. You know, so um, it requires a lot of research before you can start reading them. I'm not interested in reading them, but I like getting read to <laughs> filth, mama. Right. I was like, all right, here I go. <laughs> right. No, I like getting The read. library is open. <laughs> yeah. It kind of depends on what you're going in there for. Like, if you're looking for clarity or, like, what's the next step or direction or just kind of, like... I was doing it for clarity, and I, I think that it really works. It really I works. Want, I want to know about money. Can I get money? I know. I want lots and lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I reached out to one of um, the people that we communicate with on Instagram all the time. Yes. Her name is D, and she, her Instagram handle is I got five on it, Tarot. Five I got five on it. Right. Tarot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, she said that she loves reading for people and helping them with their journey. Um, she said that it touches her when people tell her that they feel better, they have clarity, um, but you have to be open. She says she finds it really difficult when people are closed off or skeptical. Um, but also she kind of has some medium tendencies, she said, because sometimes she said deceased relatives come through and they start spilling the tea. And sometimes oh she God. has to decipher if like the client is like emotionally, mentally ready for the message. Or sometimes she says she just, you know, has to tell the relative like 
go because they're not ready for it. No, I'm not going <laughs> to deliver that message. I said, damn, you have relatives over there reading people to filth and, you know, <laughs> telling them the tea. <laughs> Break up with them. I know my grandma. I know that after, like, my grandma, my, my maternal grandma passes, she's going to be all up in my space, all up in my readings, uh, <laughs> everything. Oh, Every shit. psychic I go to, she's going to be over there. No, no, no. And all this. <laughs> you are not safe. She's a strong Ooh. presence. <laughs> Just things just flying off your wall. Just right. Like, Throwing dishes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but so what do we know about balancing light and dark energies? Hmm. Well, I know a lot about it from the movie that we're covering the today. Oh, yeah. And what is it? The craft. That's right. Craft singles. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 yes. The 90s witchy teen girl movie. Absolutely. I love it. You want me to tell you what it's about? Yeah, please. I have no idea. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the Craft, written by Peter Filardi and Andrew Fleming, directed by Andrew Fleming. Our story begins with Sarah, played by Robin Tunney, as she moves to Los Angeles with her dad and stepmom from San Francisco. She begins to attend St. Benedict's Catholic School, where she catches the attention of Bonnie, played by our one of our favorite Scream Queens, Nev Campbell. Woo-woo. Yep. Bonnie notices Sarah in French class, levitating a pencil. Bonnie is very self-conscious as she was burned as a young girl and struggles to feel beautiful with her scars. She's an outcast alongside her friend Rochelle, played by Rachel True, who struggles with racist bully Laura Lizzie, played by Marsha Brady. <laughs> no. Sure, Jan. <laughs> Christine Taylor. <laughs> and their outspoken leader, Nancy Feruza Balk. Yes, Feruza. Yes. Are you for real, Z? <laughs> <laughs> Um, She lives in poverty with her alcoholic mother and abusive stepfather. Bonnie tries to convince Nancy and Rochelle that Sarah is their fourth. They've started to experiment with witchcraft and they need a fourth girl to call on the four corners to invoke the spirit of their deity, Manon. No, Manon. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you. Someone was going to do Manon. Yeah, Manon. He's French as fuck, I guess. Manon. They're like, come on. It's Manon. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Nancy insists that they don't need a fourth, and in turn, she gives Sarah a cold reception when she asks to sit with them in science class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all no. <laughs> they don't even say no, they just <laughs> stare at her. <laughs> yeah. Sarah is told all about the girls by Chris Hooker, played by Skeet Ulrich. I think it's Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich? Okay. <laughs> Wait, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Ulrich? Don't b- Played by Billy Loomis. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Who accuses them of being witches. Chris picks up on Sarah and asks her to watch him at, after school during football practice. Boring. Boring. But she goes. Nancy, Bonnie, and Rochelle show up and Nancy convinces Sarah to ditch Playboy Chris and hang out with them. They learn about Sarah and discover that she battles with depression and she's attempted suicide. They take her to a mystical shop they frequent, where the shop owner carefully watches them as they're known to shoplift. Sarah discovers the girls are actually into witchcraft. As Sarah purchases a journal for power thoughts and spells and some candles, the shop owner proposes the idea that Sarah might actually be a natural witch. Afterward, the girls are out on the street, mixed in with a variety of homeless people. One man appears holding a snake. He appears earlier in the film, taunting Sarah as she moves into her new home. 
This time, he chases her down the street, telling her that he's had a dream about her in which she was dead. He follows her across the street as all the girls watch on. He is suddenly struck by a car. The girls run off, feeling they manifested the man being run over. Sarah reveals to them that she's always struggled with unusual, unexplainable abilities. Soon after, Sarah goes on a date with Chris and turns him down when he tries to hook up. She goes to school the next day, where Nancy informs her a rumor is going around that she had sex with Chris and that Sarah was the lousiest lay he's ever had. Sarah confronts Chris only to find out that he's an asshole. The girls then go to a forest to establish their coven. They each initiate each other by drawing blood from their fingers and mixing the blood in with wine. They each take a sip and ask for a favor from Manon. Sarah wants Chris to desire her. Bonnie wants to be beautiful. Rochelle wants patience to deal with racist pieces of shit like Laura Lizzie. And Nancy wants all the power Manon has to offer. The spells begin to work. Chris becomes obsessed with Sarah, and Bonnie's scars are relieved from her skin by an experimental procedure. Rochelle's bully Laura starts to lose her hair after Sarah plucks a few hairs from her head and braids it in with Rochelle's. Nothing seems to come of Nancy's wish until her stepdad dies of a heart attack by her powers. He leaves behind a large sum of money that Nancy and her mom used to turn their lives around. Nancy becomes greedy for power and decides it's time to invoke the spirit of Manon. They perform the invocation of the spirit. The spirit enters into Nancy with a strike of lightning. Nancy becomes reckless and mean, while the other girls have become more vain, confident, and fashionable. Nancy becomes dark and unhinged. The love spell on Chris becomes dangerous when Chris attempts to rape Sarah. As revenge, Nancy uses a glamour spell to make herself look like Sarah and seduce Chris at a party. As they make out, Sarah interrupts, and Chris then realizes he's been making out with Nancy. Chris says Nancy did this because she's jealous. Nancy loses her shit and uses her power to force Chris out of a window, plunging to his death. Sarah attempts a binding spell to prevent Nancy from doing any more harm, but it doesn't work and Nancy knows what Sarah's up to. She turns the girls against Sarah and they begin to harass her in her nightmares. Sarah visits the shop owner for help and the shop owner insists that Sarah must invoke the spirit to be able to fight against Nancy. All hell breaks loose when the girls use power of illusion to convince Sarah that her parents are dead. They play on her worst fears by making her see snakes, insects, and rats invading her home. The girls try to force Sarah to commit suicide, Nancy cutting Sarah's wrists herself. Sarah secludes herself and invokes the spirit. She uses a glamorous spell against Bonnie and Rochelle. They catch the reflection in a mirror, and Bonnie finds that most of her body is now covered in burns, and Rochelle is mostly bald. They flee Sarah's house in terror. After one final showdown between Nancy and Sarah, Sarah finally defeats Nancy and successfully binds her of her powers. Some while later, Bonnie and Rochelle lose their powers and try to make up with Sarah to gain them back, but Sarah turns them down. They tease that Sarah must have lost her powers also. Sarah hears them and uses her remaining power to make lightning strike a tree branch, forcing the girls on their backs to prevent being crushed by the branch. Nancy, well, she ends up committed to a mental hospital, strapped to a bed as she screams that she is powerful and can fly. The end. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, what a classic this movie is. 
<laughs> a tale of friends. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> really uplifting story about a girl's coming of age, you know? Yeah. So one of the things that I love most about this movie is the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. The yeah. visual of it all. The production design, the props, everything. I kind of feel like my house kind of looks like that. I mean, I have crystals everywhere, dried flowers, herbs, and hanging from the walls, religious statues, crosses. Yeah, it, it's. I think it really... Um, has a sense of like real Wiccan witchcraft, um, which yes, you know it's not like the sort of cartoonish version of witchcraft we we usually see when it comes to portrayals of it. Um, it's very much more of that like uh, real Wiccan <laughs> grounded. Something honked at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's yeah, it's like that very pagan spiritual sort of sense but also mixed with a sort of gothic um, aesthetic with the girls um, so they actually had you know a Wiccan advisor um, yeah. who was part of pa- one of the largest that's what they call her yeah Pat <laughs> she was one of the uh, Pat Devin I think was her name um, she was part of one of the largest covens in America and she was on set just making sure that you know they were doing their job as portraying Wicca and witchcraft in a responsible and respectful fashion. Which is great because, and I think that one of the best things she did was like make sure that they didn't get themselves into like Wiccan pagan trouble. Like they weren't invoking actual spirits and things like that because the, because the spirits in this movie are in like the deities and things that they pray to like, like Manon is, um, is not a real deity but she but that was a choice that they changed that because they were concerned that you know teenagers after they saw this movie would be running out to the beach and start like invoking actual spirits actual and things spirits, like that spirits yeah and deities yeah you know that's... playing with magic that they probably had no idea the ramifications of you know yeah those type of spiritual journeys and those type of religions require a lot of research and a lot of discipline so you can't just be walking around doing whatever the hell you want right absolutely it's like when people just like i mean i don't know how much research goes into a ouija board but it's like sort of that same thing yeah (laughs) It's, it's it's like you know if you don't really know what you're getting into and you're just sort of willy-nilly going about it. Like, that's what people say shit gets scary with. Then you're going to end up like Reagan from The Exorcist. Exactly. (laughs) Um, How clever was it for them to set the school as a Catholic school? I mean, I I think that obviously has parallels to the fact that the Catholic religion has a lot of pagan symbolism in it. It does, yeah. It's like like paganistic Christianity. I'm not, Mm. you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not judging any way or, and I also don't have a huge base knowledge of the Catholic religion, but from what I know, there is a lot of pagan symbolism. No, it's true. I'm a cradle Catholic and I see a lot of the similarities and the parallels and actually like, um, Santeria has a lot of like roots in cat. They use Catholic imagery and everything. I mean, that's who they use as their deities, like the Virgin Mary and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. Like there's, there are parallels to all these, a lot of these religions have those paganistic roots and so it's like you know you know i think that's a, uh, yeah i think yeah and i think that's a great choice that they made to uh set this and also aesthetically i think you know putting these gothic girls in little catholic schoolgirl outfits was probably <laughs> you know a, a specific choice just yeah. for you know aesthetic value okay. and um and the sex uh, the sexuality of it all because this movie does 
um, sort of it uses uh, their power and their growing power as a metaphor for their like burgeoning sexuality and how yeah. sexuality is power. Rachel True said in an interview that as the story went on, you know, the more powerful they, their characters got, the shorter their skirts got, and that they that was a conscious choice. Right, because, yeah, they became powerful, they became confident, and with that, you know, that had to do with their sexuality as well, you know? They mm-hmm. were feeling more confident in their skin, and they said, we're going to show it off. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed was um, when Chris is, you know, like, attempting to rape Sarah, um, yeah. as she runs off, the song... As the, the lyrics in the song where I just want to oh, be a, a woman. Yeah, so I was like, I was, I was watching. I was like, woman. I, was like, I just want to be a woman. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, what? A, that's a bold choice to put, you know, because it's they like, thought it, it was obviously a conscious choice with the soundtrack. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, because that again, that's something that women go through. That's a, yeah. you know, especially you know, in the realm of sexuality, um, women are faced with with troubles like potentially being overpowered sexually by men yeah and which is so, a nightmare thought to yeah. have um one of the things that i really like about the characters is that they all kind of represent something also like sarah battles with depression nancy poverty rochelle with racism and bonnie with you know her self-confidence yeah um but originally we learned in horror noir that that wasn't that rochelle battling with uh, racism wasn't always the initial choice that it was going to be four white girls and Rochelle's mm-hmm. character was actually going to be battling with bulimia which to me I think the, I think Rachel True playing Rochelle with the racism works a little that's more of a universal theme that I mean, people I mean, deal with on the daily oh I agree and I also think that it's um, a really bold choice especially in the late 90s um, I feel like you know uh, we've come along not of course we have ways to go but as far as the talking about issues of racism is more of a thing now than I think it was probably in the late 90s and so for them to make one of their characters um, that be her main struggle I think it was a really bold choice I think it was a really strong choice and um, I, it probably spoke to a lot of young girls who are going through the same thing and could identify with a character like Rochelle and get a cathartic moment out of it where she does get her revenge on, you know, the racist character, you know, Laura Lizzie, who sort of encompasses probably just the racist mo- movement in general, yeah. um, you know, kind of getting that, getting what's coming to them. Um, yeah. So I think that was a really, a really bold choice. And I think it's a one that really landed and probably one of the yeah. strongest, uh, strongest they, things about they this made film. that choice early on because I was reading about casting 85 girls read for parts but actually Rachel True um, and Feruza Balk they were the first ones cast like they they were cast as their characters and they weren't they didn't look any further that was like that was it yeah I mean I think that's great and like I, I watched an interview with Rachel True where she talked about how she like she knew that this was her part she insisted her everybody was saying that she was too old because she was 29 <laughs> which, which she doesn't look 29 she actually looks no the she youngest looks, <laughs> she looks on par with all the rest of their ages which they're not again they're not all teenagers either but no. she doesn't look any older than the rest of them and uh she she really fought for this part and she got it and i, I she, honestly she, the bitch has been riding the wave of this movie ever since because yeah and her character's great she has some really great lines she actually has one of my favorite lines which is like they're like what's wrong with nancy and she's like i don't know her spell's not working i think she doesn't want to be white trash anymore but... oh my god 
<laughs> but I, just, I don't think she wants to be white trash anymore. But I'm like, honey, you're white. You deal <laughs> with it. Her, like, honey, you're white. <laughs> deal with, deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> that is probably my favorite line in the whole movie too. And I and um, I do think it's interesting. And I don't know if this was maybe a misstep in the racial conversation, but I didn't really feel. I don't know if I was supposed to feel bad. Okay, so let's set the scene. Um, okay. So Rochelle's character, when they they invoke the spirit and they're able to get like their sort of revenge on the people that have kind of bullied them or have done them wrong. And in Rochelle's case, she's a swimmer. And one of the girls on the swim team, Laura Lizzie, it makes some really racist comments towards her and torments her. And so Rochelle... Rochelle's revenge on Laura Lizzie is that she causes her beautiful head of hair to start falling out. And she's like this scabby scalp and, you know, she can't, it won't stop falling out. And, you know, uh, at, at first it seems like that's a, like a great thing. But then, you know, the, the tone switches in the film where we're, spart- start, we're supposed to start seeing like the the backside of, of this, what's hap- what they've done. Yes. You know, that like, oh no, like things are getting out of control, but I was like, sort of Rochelle, like, yeah, Rochelle sees, uh, Laura crying, Laura crying and she feels bad. And then they kind of humanize. Yeah. Right. Laura. And I was like, mm, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how, if I, I don't feel bad for Laura still. She got that. I'm no, sorry, but she gets what she, she got what was coming to her. <laughs> literally. So I was like, Absolutely. I don't, so I was like, I don't know about that. Like, I, are we supposed to, are they trying to make us sympathize with the fact that this blonde white girl is crying because her hair is falling out, even though she tormented a black girl for no reason other than the fact that she dislikes N word people, mm-hmm. which is literally one of the lines. So, yeah. I mean, that's interesting, but um, see, because what can you do? Like that, that situation, like racism, like there is no, you're not supposed to see the other side of that because at the end of the day, there's no more true evil than racism in my personal opinion. Right. Right. I think, I think looking at it from a different perspective, because you're very much correct, but looking at it from a different perspective, maybe they were trying to make it seem as if, you know, you're, you're getting what you want, but is it worth it? Like it, what does it make you feel? Does it make you feel any better? And for her, it's like, no, hmm. it doesn't okay. like, you mm. like you don't, like if you can't beat him, join him type thing. And she kind of, you know, lowers herself to the level of like making this girl's hair fall out, you know, making her feel like shit, just like she makes her feel like shit. So it's kind of like eye for an eye. All right. That, is yeah, it worth okay. it? You know, it's kind of like that, but no, that I, I, you know, you're I right. think they That's... could have left out because I like the moment where Rochelle kind of like looks at her and she's like, damn, what did I do? But you know, if there's nothing she could, I mean, oh, well, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, but what I don't like is when they try to humanize Laura when they when she sees her at the party and she goes yeah. up to her and she's like, "Hey, Rochelle, listen." And then they just kind of cut it off right there. But yeah, I was so like, like, "What do you have to say to me, bitch? Like now that you're ball headed, oh, now yeah, you exactly. want to talk to me? And yeah, be my exactly. Yeah, no, no, fuck that. Um, a zebra doesn't change its stripes. That's right. <laughs> a zebra doesn't change its spots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let, maybe we should just keep going character by character. I kind of like that. Yeah. So, um, so, I, so I would say the next uh, character would be Nev Campbell's Bonnie. So uh, let's talk about her her situation. Okay. I think what an interesting trajectory would have been for Bonnie is if the character of Bonnie sort of like the the seer like she's like I in right. an interview they say that Bonnie's the seer she's the represents the she's wind. wind yeah uh, because she's the first one to notice Sarah she's really eager she's the most eager in the group to really get the fourth and really start to use their powers um, I think it would have been an interesting choice to kind of have 
Bonnie be the leader and kind of have Bonnie be the trajectory of like being Bonnie in the beginning, but then slowly transitioning into what Nancy becomes. Hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that would have been really interesting. That would, that would have been interesting. I do think, I think they do a good job of showing her journey of like being like, she is in huge coats. She's, She's mouse. She's not mousy, but she's face. pretty. Yeah, she she hides herself. She hides. You who almost she think is. it's Clea Duvall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure she probably would was next in line to play this. Um, <laughs> and uh, but of course, when she what she asks for from Manon or whatever was is oh sorry Manon Manon is to uh, is to get rid of her burn scars. She was in a horrible accident when she was younger that left her body burned, and she's self conscious about it. And um, with the power of Manon, she's able to get rid of... They literally just rub off, like, um, like flaky skin. And all of a sudden, she has, like, beautiful skin. And she's confident. And she shows up and to school. And she's in a little skirt. And she has, you know, short sleeves. And um, so I do... And then it kind of comes back, you know, later on when, you know, all of a sudden her body is completely filled with scars. So I don't... I think it's a... I don't think that she would go the way of nancy i don't think that was her maybe not because yeah, she's like her, her yeah because her intention was more like her was beauty like beauty yeah. was her is her thing and it wasn't power you you're know? right yeah i mean yeah you're right that would have been and, and so like i mean i mean i see it i see it and i i get it we love Nev they would have had it. to change the character yeah right they exactly had something else but um, I, I, th- I think that what they do with Bonnie is good. Um, it's nice to see her and Skeet in a movie together again. Yeah. Well, when I say again, this is actually the first movie the they first were in one, together. Yeah. You know, I actually um, really like to see Nev Campbell kind of be the dark character, like the villain. You know, oh, like, yeah. Like when she's like, how have you been sleeping? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, goes, yeah it, it's sort of it's a nice, nice change of pace because course we've seen her play the heroine in our favorite movie for years and years and years and years and years and like probably again we're gonna see her play the heroine again yeah it is nice to see her have a little more fun and get to be a little snarky yeah i Uh, love that uh, (laughs) like are all these actresses canadian literally uh, uh, sorry sorry sorry. (laughs) but literally i looked up uh, i don't think any of them are are they all Nev least, Campbell's Canadian. Well, Faruza isn't, and she's Robin like, Tenney's not. But I noticed it more so with Rachel and Nev that they were always like, "I'm sorry." I, 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 Faruza does it. Yeah, she's like, "I'm sorry." Sorry. I was like, "Okay, come on, Canada's Drag Race." <laughs> I literally was confused. I literally had to look up. I was like, "Are these? Are they all Canadian?" I was confused. Anyway, yeah, but that is a, that is a funny thing. But um, I do love when when Nev also gets a little sexy. Like again, we've always seen her play the virginal one, so like she has a little fun when she gets a little sexy. And yeah, I think um, she's all she nice. looks great. And she's like hitting on boys, telling them they have nice asses, and yeah. So. Well, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, wow, I identify. <laughs> no, I t- truly, I'm like, if I uh, no, I literally thought I'm like, if I was any of, if I were any of these characters, it would probably be Bonnie. Because really? at one point, I remember being really self conscious, like about my mannerisms and things like that, like because of how uh, flamboyantly gay I am. You're gay. <laughs> I love when you do that. It's so funny. And I wish I would think of something witty, but this time it failed me. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And so you're kind of like trying to keep it under control because people, you know, they right. feed off of that. And so um, 
But then once you realize that you're like the most powerful witch out of all of them, then you just become, you know, really sexy and cunning. Of course. Cute. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, so who do we have next? I would say next is got to be Sarah played by Robin Tunney. Yeah. And from what I'm going to say this, I don't know if you're going to find this a controversial thing or not, but I think she is the bad in this movie. I think Robin no. Tunney is, uh, is bad in this movie. Okay, literally the first thing I was <laughs> going to say was, was there anyone else? Because, okay, given the options that I've seen, okay, Alicia Silverstone was up for the role of Sarah. No. No. Robin Tunney I would have picked over Alicia Silverstone. But uh, Angelina Jolie was right. a consideration for Sarah, which I think might have been a better choice. But in my head, when I was watching this, I was like, I would have loved to see Brittany Murphy as Sarah. That's a great choice. I would have loved. Yes, she would have been great. She would have been great. Yeah. Uh, but, but Robin Tunney, uh, you know, I don't suspect she'll ever listen to this podcast. But I got to no, say. I don't think it'll get back to her. <laughs> but I got to say. <laughs> but she is the bad in this. Her acting is not great. And her. He, I, body language her, is really weird it's her speech pattern like oh, she doesn't open her mouth this entire movie she just sort of slurs through her words <laughs> I'm like and then there's like some really awful ADR that they do like I'm like was she just whispering every line so they had to go back and redub every single line that oh, she said oh I know what you mean yeah you know yeah, yeah. I don't know. And like, and that and wig mama. That wig Ooh. mama. Which I even, uh, I talked to, you know, to Joey Leilani while I was watching. And, I was like, and he's like, I think her wig line looks good. I was all, for a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's supposed to be a real bitch. Right. No, um, I don't know. I mean, I, her, and she's not a bad actress because she's great in Empire Records. Like I love right. her in that movie, but right. I don't know. This, maybe she, just, it doesn't hit the mark. Maybe, yeah, maybe she was misdirected. She just seems like low energy, and like that scene at the very like the when after what's her name after Nancy cuts her wrists and then she runs upstairs and then she's like, oh somebody please oh she starts help going to the medicine me. cabinet. Help me. I find it weird because she keeps her body very stiff when she's running and when she's like frantic and she kind of does this like thing like she's a puppet on strings like she's like bleh, bleh, bleh. like you yeah. know like really jerky or when she comes out of the shower like after the snakes are gone and everything yeah and she's like you should really get on with it you know Nancy tells her and then like she comes out of the shower and she does this like weird thing like yeah I don't I'm know like what does she do I mean her choices are weird and I know that she said that she was kind of uncomfortable with the role of Sarah. I think originally she was cast as Bonnie and they liked her more I, for Sarah. And she was hesitant to take the role because she was like, I didn't know. I didn't see myself as the young, fresh ingenue. I saw myself as like a character actress. So I yeah, didn't really didn't want to do it. Which is weird because she doesn't really seem to make any choices. I don't think she makes any interesting choice in this entire movie. No, like, not at all. And like, I mean, yeah. So that aside, the character of Sarah, I actually do like I do like the character of Sarah and I, and honestly of her like revenges, it's the one that I um, related to the most because I, because I remember in, in like high school thinking like, ah, what if I like, you know, I really want to get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) And I did just kidding. (laughs) My love spell. Uh, Yeah. Love spell from Bath and Body Works. Uh, (laughs) Maybe that's Victoria's Secret. I don't know. Anyway. Um, How gone. Ba- but, uh, <laughs> but basically, I-, I feel like I always had a fantasy. I was like, do you know what? What if I could just, what would happen one day 
if one of these just like guys that I probably had a crush on who are just these, like straight douchey jocks or whatever, like what if one day they just happened to be in love with me? Like what would that <laughs> like what would that experience be like? So every time I watch yeah. this movie, I'm like, like oh I like maybe it's not all it would be cracked up to be, um, you know because in the film Sarah and you know she initially has a crush on Chris Cooper or Chris Cooper wow Chris Hooker. <laughs> Who? I don't know how you got that wrong. I mean, it's your profession. <laughs> Chris Hooker, and and he kind of embarrasses her, and so then she decides to use the power of Manol to um, <laughs> to make him her little like like slave, her <laughs> little like love slave. Yeah. And, um, but then of course it goes too far. He tries to rape her, and then he ends up dead. And so uh, maybe watching this movie cured me of my <laughs> my my wishes. For that to, yeah, my desires yeah. for that to happen. I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's not all it would be cracked up to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'll go with like the normal organic way of finding somebody. <laughs> yeah. I think Sarah actually goes through an interesting transition also because she does battle with depression and she has attempted suicide. And so uh, that story of a girl like that or you know just a person in general like that and then finding their click and their niche and like you know where they want to go in life and then really like you know discovering who they are through these different experiences and then in the end becoming powerful just by themselves independently yeah you know what my favorite thing one of the I don't want to say my favorite but one of, the, one of the weirdest things to me about Sarah's character are her parents and her parents because her mom's supposed to be like this she was a very powerful witch, you know, whatever. And then you like see her, <laughs> you see her dad and her dad is just like this typical dweeby white dad. Like, I'm like, I wonder how that worked. I wonder what that yeah. connection was like. I know. What did this powerful witch see in that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally. I was like, that's kind of funny that she has like this like yeah. typical boring dad and she has like this like magical white witch of a mother. I'm like, <laughs> what? Where do they meet? Like, yeah. <laughs> The convention. <laughs> yeah, was like, like, was he working security? Was he like directing traffic in the parking lot of the witch convention? Well, he must have a lot of money because that house is gorgeous. I yeah. love that house. I yeah, would live in, in that house. In LA? Give me a break. That would be mm-hmm. so expensive. Million, yeah. I know. And, you know, I guess may- maybe the property wasn't that high because uh, homeless men could get in with snakes. Maybe that was like the draw. Right. <laughs> that lowered like, the price a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is clearly not a gated community. It's probably right <laughs> up the highway. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so, so then I think that brings us to Nancy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Lang. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. She is a lot like Jessica Lang. Oh my God. Not. And that scene where she's smoking the cigarette with the black dress, like after the funeral or whatever. Yeah. She's so like, that, I'm like, that's Jessica Lang in that's American Constance. Horror Story. Yeah, yeah con- that's Constance. Constance, but uh, yeah, she's crazy Connie Francis obsessed white trash mom. Yeah. Um, no, so Nancy, Nancy Downs, played Nancy. by Feruza Balk. Yes, she she is to me the highlight of this movie. She's the star of the movie. She, well, I, yes, because I think that of all of all the girls, she embraced this project the most. Not that they, not that the rest didn't. They did their jobs yeah. and I enjoy their performances, but she is she absolutely goes there. bonkers in this movie. She yeah. goes there. And, you know, I I think there's something to say about the fact that she herself 
personally is invested in the Wicca religion and she has a mm-hmm. lot of knowledge about about paganism and um, she really yeah. brought that to her her performance and to and, the set like just being you know responsible about going about the chance and you know yeah all exactly that. and like when and when people when uh, do what she wanted she would turn them into mice I heard <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes I saw yeah. that trivia on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> you know the great thing about Feruza is that is just her face, like her. Oh, her, she looks perfect. She's for this perfect movie. for this role, and she is. I mean, she's gothic, just gothic. Just the the image of what a gothic girl is. Yeah, yeah. And she's so perfect. The way they des- her costume design is perfect. Her face is perfect. Everything's perfect. Um, but what's cool about her is that she has this like cool effervescence about her like she the way she talks is really cool the way she talks like, she always sounds like her yeah. nose is all stuffed up and Sarah <laughs> you're so pathetic you're so pathetic <laughs> but I think it, I think she just has this like really cool like energy like to me she doesn't look evil like I mean she looks evil in this movie <laughs> but like, what like is she kind of I don't know to me when I see her I'm like she actually seems like kind of cool and approachable you don't think that uh, mm, no. that she looks cool and approachable. She looks interesting. Like I'm intrigued by her. She looks like she'd bite your dick off. Is what she looks oh, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good line from the movie. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm one of the things that intrigues me about Firuza, the actress, is that she was in that movie that I still have not seen. Return she, to like, Oz. Dorothy and Return to Oz. I've You've never, never seen, it. seen I've Return never to Oz. Never seen it. I say that like I've seen it more than once. I saw it a couple months ago <laughs> while in quarantine. You've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie is scary. That is a scary That's what ass I've heard. movie. It's on Disney Plus. Do you got Disney Plus? Um, I think I have someone's login for that, yeah. Yeah, you watch, watch it. it. It's pretty good. It's crazy and she's great in it. She um she's a great little child actress who who like went on to be yeah. this nutso actress so you know she went um she's gonna be in a show that keeps popping up on our instagram feed have you seen that it's like a show but i don't think a network has picked it up yet but it's like a fully filmed show and it has the guy who died cameron cameron diaz no um, <laughs> a guy the guy he died he's young cameron 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 rice Oh, yes, the Disney Channel kid. Yeah, he has the freckles and the red hair. Yeah, yeah he's in it. And then, like, uh, Feruza Balk is in it. And, like, some other who's familiar that? faces. <laughs> right, who's that? Uh, some other familiar faces. And it's, like, about uh, Satanists in the Hollywood scene. Ooh. It looks really interesting. That seems right up her alley. But let's talk about Nancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think Nancy's... Um, it's so interesting because this movie is technically like a like a teen mean girl movie, but what makes this right. movie different is that the mean girl group aren't the popular girls. They're like these these ones are the misfits. Yeah. And you know, so she sort of fits the the mold of like the leader of the pack. Like, you know, in the trope of it all, she's like the leader of the pack. So we see what like a misfit version of the Regina George would be or, you know. <laughs> yes definitely and I in uh, I think she she nails that she's 
she is power hungry. She's the mm-hmm. you know, the po- most power hungriest of them all. Um, I think she actually too has the most not believable because what these girls are going through is very believable. But she has the most. I think what people. Okay, her poverty storyline, like her trailer trash life, yeah. um, seems the most in line with what ends up happening with her character. You know what I mean? Like getting hmm. really power hungry, money hungry. I mean, we kind of hear these stories about like, you know, the Illuminati and things like that. Like, you know, people <laughs> that come from nothing and just have to, they you know, sell their soul to the sell devil. their soul to the devil to become these huge powerful, you know, people. And uh, what so do we ta- me, what that, do we talk like, about in Death Becomes Her? And we're going Faust. This could probably be considered a Faustian tale as well. Anyway, yeah, yeah, continue. exactly. Continue. <laughs> well, you know, so it's like that. Like you know, it, having to just completely be—I don't know—like self-sacrifice to get what you want. Like to be yeah. powerful, the Almighty. And um, I think her intentions are very realistic. Like for, I, I mean, I think I think how her portray, I think how her character acts is very spot on with how a person who has been, who has grown up in her situation would act. Thank you. That's you what know? I was trying to say. Yes, I'm like, be- I can't find the words because she's a person who comes from nothing and wants nothing more than to have something and to have power because she's for her to whole have life. Everything. Yeah. For her whole life. She's probably felt powerless, you know, because she's at the, you know, between the abuse and, uh, you know, the poverty and everything, um, the alcoholism, the alcoholism, yeah, she she doesn't have anything. She doesn't have power in any right. situation, and no so it, so it makes sense that she wants nothing but power. And uh, and one of my one of my favorite lines, which isn't a funny line, but I thought was a really interesting moment, which I never noticed until I watched it last night, was when they're do when they're calling the four corners, and she goes and she they're you know there's praying to Manon. Oh, and yeah. She, and, she, and she goes, uh-huh. hear me. And then you hear Bonnie go, us. And she goes, hear us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that moment. I always notice it. It's like, hear me. Us. Hear us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, I, I, I never noticed that before. I was like, oh, that oh, makes, no. see, she's not even thinking. That's already no. clues right there that she is only thinking about herself. Right. And her, because she's had to, she has to, she's all, always had, only had to think about herself even with, with these witch sisters that she has, mm-hmm. um, you know, her, she is priority numero uno. Yeah. You know, one of the scenes, the deleted scenes that they should not have cut out, because I think it's a really great example as to what Nancy is going through, um, is this scene where Sarah discusses with Rochelle and Bonnie binding Nancy's harm, you know, her right. ability to do harm onto others. So she meets with the girls and she kind of tells them like there's a binding spell and you know Bonnie's like no that's you know I can't do that and then they're like well you know she's getting kind of out of control and so they kind of all agree to have this intervention but Nancy's already like standing there like listening she's like girls you know like what did we say like and so she kind of and she this is where she, the moment where she turns Bonnie and Rochelle against Sarah and she tells uh Rochelle and she's really cruel and it's a really great scene I'm surprised they cut it out but she tells Rochelle she's like she's like you she's like nobody wanted anything to do with you the only black girl in the all white neighborhood no one ever wanted to talk to you except me and then she tells uh, Bonnie that you know she was like no one wanted to hang out with you disgusting monster and all this stuff like she's really 
going in on them, but it makes the girls fall back in line. Yeah, and then she, she turns yeah. them against Sarah. And I'm like, what a really powerful moment. And I'm surprised they cut it out because it's very like teenage. Right. Ju- the, like, uh, I'm like, this. I've seen this fight happen in school. And right. I'm like, so. And I think that could have probably justified more why the girls turn on her. Because you I mean you, there's no real yeah. there's no real reason other than the fact that she tried to bind Nancy. Like, why do Bonnie and Rochelle fall in line with Nancy so easily? I mean, Sarah. Without Sarah, they don't really have much power anyway. You know, and I guess I guess yeah. maybe maybe it's because at the end of the end of the day, they've all become kind of power hungry too. It's just yeah. that Nancy is you know she's the puppet master and. Uh, They've all sort of lost their way at this point. So we know that Sarah is kind of like a natural witch. Um, Do you think that Nancy is too? Because it kind of seems like it's not until Sarah comes in that any of them get power. Right. And I I know that that I read that that was like sort of um, uh, how the original script was. The first draft. Right. Which I, which honestly I still think is, which I still think they put in the movie. I don't think they had any power until Sarah showed up. There, yeah. you don't have, there's not an instance in the movie where you watch them do anything other than a chant or light candles. But other than that, there's no, there's no moment where we see that they have any power without her around. Sarah right. is the only one with power. And that's mm-hmm. why when, you know, they, they lose all their powers and everything. She's the only person, the individual is what I think they said. The individual gets the power back. You know, I think she sort of was, she was distributing her power uh-huh. amongst these girls. So she kind of was getting weaker. And she wasn't as strong. Okay. And, um, but like once all that had ended, um, she got all the power back. And those girls who never had power to begin with are left without any. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's how, I think that's. I, th- I, th- I th- think now watching it back, I'm like, that is how it plays out. That's like, yeah, you know? It, yeah, yeah, totally. So, Blumhouse is rebooting this, and it's actually done. They already filmed it. No Did way. You know that? Yeah, they filmed it. They started filming October twenty second, twenty nineteen. It was announced earlier in twenty nineteen. They started filming in October, and it's filmed. It's done. But I guess they haven't finished any post production because of COVID and everything. Right. Um, Weird. I didn't know that. So they it's had already, already done. done that. Yeah. So I guess. Zoe Lister-Jones is the director and co-writer um, who, I mean, I looked at her, like, filmography to kind of, like, I haven't seen anything that she's been in, but she's mostly an actress. Um, but she actually drafted this pitch uh, and presented it to Jason Bloom for 20 minutes, and he said that he fell in love with her entire idea and was like, let's do it. So hmm. hopefully it's good. It sounds promising because of who they cast as the four leads. Um, I did. Re- I did read that it's read that? Sp- it's like a. Se- it's not really a reboot. It's, it's a not sequel, a remake. Yeah, it's just a reboot of the series, but it's um, it's a continuation. I I think the only continuation thing is probably Manon. I'm assuming Manon. he's gonna be in it. Stuck les bleus. So Kaylee Spaney, I think is how you pronounce her name. She plays Lily. Um, she was in um, Bad Times at El Royale. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I love that movie. So she's the younger girl. She plays Dakota oh, yes. Johnson's little sister. Yes. So she's in it. She's the okay. lead. 
the other girls don't have names yet, as far as I know. I can't find what? anything about who the other <laughs> they, characters are. They film the movie and they don't have names? <laughs> they film the movie, but they haven't really... I mean, they're very tight-lipped oh, about yeah. what's going on. Okay, okay. So okay. the other one is Gideon Adeline. So she played in Blockers, or is it Cock Blockers or Blockers? Cock you know what block- I'm talking about? That oh, Blockers with, with John, John Cena? Yeah. And so Leslie she, Mann? Yeah, exactly. She plays the lesbian girl, Sam. I didn't see it, but I saw the poster. Oh, okay. Well, she's also in a Netflix series called The Society. So there's that. And then um, Lovey Simone, she is on Amazon Prime's Sailor and the Spades. She plays the title role. She's also in a show called Greenleaf that's like on its fifth season. Mm, and, yeah. Um, on the, so on the O that. Network? Yeah, on the O Network. And then there's Zoe Luna, who's a newcomer. Her filmography is very short. She is a trans... Hispanic actress. Where? Um, she was in an episode of Pose. She played <gasps> a character named Lacey. Um, I don't know much about her, but um, they all look great. And they seem to be very promising young actresses. So I'm glad about that. I'm glad they didn't get any like Disney girls or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know. like Dove Cameron stars ass. <laughs> right. I, like, no. No, thank you, girl. Um, She'll so- probably play another witch. Oh. <laughs> Glenda, yeah, I think she, I think I think she'll end up playing that when they make it into In a movie. Wicked. Finally, yeah, I know. Seriously, maybe it'll come out at the same time as The Craft. Wouldn't that be a great double feature? At oh the my movie gosh, <laughs> Wicked and The Craft. Which witch, bitch? That's what it should be called. Which witch, bitch? <laughs> doom, 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 doom. <laughs> so I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited that I, I'm curious to see what they do with it curious to see what these new girls do i'm curious to see what their storylines are yeah i wonder how um, manor has changed yeah has he changed like has he changed like is he gained weight is his hair longer like what a- yeah <laughs> totally did he win canada's drag race What's ah! going on? <laughs> um yeah so i mean the talent alone in the project is enough to excite me to be like okay i'm interested i know a lot of people are against it but i'm like whatever just let People do what they want to do because there's nothing that we can say that's going to make <laughs> the producers change their mind. <laughs> if you don't want to see it, don't go see it. The yeah. end. The end. But I'm going to go see it. I would definitely see it. I'm, I'm interested. Uh-huh. I love this movie. So well, I'm very let, interested. Let me know how it is because I'm not going. I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, no, I'll, of bitch. course I'll see this. I know. I mean, we can't stay away from anything, whether yeah, it's I a know. remake or a sequel or a reboot. I know. A- I know. Shit. I'm still wanting to watch. I'm waiting till Christmas just to watch the <laughs> Black Christmas reboot. You haven't seen it yet? No. What you said was horrible. Ooh. Bitch, you are in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be doing that this December. Oh, my <laughs> Don't gosh. miss it. <laughs> the dog treat. <laughs> you know, uh, We'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm already getting heated. <laughs> um, okay, so moving forward. Yes. <laughs> so we already kind of have our September episodes mapped out of what movies we're going to do. We talked about our Back to School series. Next week, we're doing Carrie. Carrie from Sex and the City. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing Creepy Carrie, Creepy Carrie. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, throw a lava jewel. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so we're doing Carrie, and then, and then October will be here. Yes, in Bitch, October, spooky season is upon us. Yeah, so for October, we've decided that um, we don't want to decide what we do. Yeah, we we're done. To, yeah, we're done. No, uh, we're uh, we're actually gonna let you guys decide. You know, we 
we've had a lot of great response as far as people responding to our Instagram posts. And so we decided that we have created a bracket challenge for the four films that we do in October. Yes. So there'll be four subgenres of horror, a haunted Mm -hmm. house film, a slasher film, a possession film, and a Halloween themed film. So we have options for each category and you're Mm -hmm. gonna vote on which one we should do until we get down to just one per category so four weeks in october four films it's gonna be great yeah and it's all up to you i'm really excited to to see what you're gonna pick like i I don't know like 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 you i know you guys have gotten to know us over the past several months like are you gonna choose by what you think that we would want are you gonna choose by uh what you want i don't know i don't know i'm excited i say for those who are willing to vote vote what you want to hear don't yeah don't yeah don't think about what we want yeah to hear. don't think about what we want to hear Get, because you know you i even... honestly will probably cover all the movies that we've picked eventually yeah but i have my choices <laughs> yeah i have my choices too but i'm ser- i'm just curious to see what you guys pick so that'll be really fun i know that'll uh, be so much fun and maybe you'll even get an extra episode in october yeah. which we- which Frankie and I have discussed um, privately. Yes. And uh, so you might get a little bonus episode in October, in October just because we love you. Yeah. And, and we love October. It's probably the most important month for the horror fandom community. Yeah. So uh, we're really excited about that. So um, we also want to say thanks for all the participation in the Instagram surveys. That we've done. Yes. And the Instagram surveys and games that we've played this week. We had two really fun ones. We had, uh, what were they? Your favorite scream queen. Yes. And I won with flying colors. <laughs> <laughs> scream queen, not a queen who screams. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're the cream queen. <laughs> You're <a> dairy queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so Jamie Lee Curtis won with flying colors, but second best, the runner-up was Sarah Michelle Geller. That's right, second yeah. best. <laughs> Always no. Oh. First the worst. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna go there now, bitch. Yeah, first the worst, second the best. <laughs> and then we did a survey on who you thought would be the ultimate slasher, and. Um, Jason was in the lead for a while, but then Michael caught up and it was a full tie. So Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees were your choices for the ultimate slasher. That's right. I thought the person who wrote uh, Walmart as their favorite slasher <laughs> for slashing prices, I thought that was brilliant. I, you, you said it after we had fit, we had already crowned the winners, uh, but I thought that was hilarious. That so would have been a good one. I probably would have marked that as the winner. And the winner <laughs> is Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> One more. <laughs> One more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for participating in those. We'll probably keep doing them because they entertain us. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's what's most important. That is what's most important. <laughs> yes. And it also helps us get to know you guys a little better. Um, yeah. So, and get to know us a little better. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Totally. Um, so, I. Uh, before we sign off, I just want to remind you guys to please like, comment, subscribe, follow, leave a review, um, any of those things. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, don't forget, you can find us at Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. You can find us on Twitter at Fear TT Queers. But actually, follow us on Instagram and said it's just better. And um, yeah. And uh, you can email us at uh, Fear the Talking Queers at gmail.com. 
uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts, your wishes, your prayers, <laughs> your um, credit card numbers, all of that. <laughs> oh, credit card numbers, social security number. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Well, I so guess before, that does it for the craft, right? I think so. I think we crafted the shit out of this. Yeah, we totally so, did. So before we go, we should invoke the spirit, all right? Okay. <clears throat> uh, filet mignon. <laughs> Please hear, uh, hear me. I mean us. <laughs> I invoke thee, filet mignon. Mignon. Au revoir, mignon. You are the winner of Canada's Drag Race. Monon Exchange. Les Monon, Les Monon, hee hee hee, ha ha ha. Monon, Monon, Monon. Monon, Monon, do 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 all right, we we need to stop. <laughs> uh, all right, man well, Manon. All right, we'll see you all later. Sweet screams, bitch. Stay spooky, Bye. witches. Yes. Stupid witch. Uh, what the. <laughs> <laughs>